And we were originally thinking about doing um, the whole thing on a foundation, but then the idea, I'm a musician, so the idea was that I could build part of it on a trailer and like take the trailer to like around the country, you know, for music events, things like that. Welcome to the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast, the show where you learn how to plan, build, and live the tiny lifestyle. I'm your host, Ethan Waldman, and this is episode 61 with electric violinist Asha Mavlana. Asha's tiny house caught my eye because it's actually two tiny houses joined by a giant porch. I've always loved the idea of a modular tiny house setup, so I was really excited that Asha agreed to come onto the show and talk to us about it. In this interview, we'll talk about why Asha chose to build and connect a tiny house on a foundation and a tiny house on wheels, some of the special features of Asha's tiny house on wheels, and what Asha would change about her tiny house if she could do it again. The Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast is brought to you this week by Tiny House Decisions. Tiny House Decisions is the guide that I wish I had when I was building my tiny house, and it comes in three different packages to help you on your unique tiny house journey. If you're struggling figuring out the systems for your tiny house, how you're going to heat it, how you're going to plumb it, what you're going to build it out of, then Tiny House Decisions will take you through the process systematically and help you come up with a design that works for you. Right now, I'm offering 20% off any package of Tiny House Decisions for listeners of the show. Head over to thetinyhouse.net slash THD to learn more and use the coupon code TINY at checkout for 20% off any package. Again, that's thetinyhouse.net slash THD. Use the coupon code TINY for 20% off. All right, I am here with Asha Mevlana. Asha is an electric violinist for the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. She has toured with Gnarls Barkley, Dee Snyder of Twisted Sister, and performed regularly on the American Idol Show. In 2016, she built her dream amplified tiny house in Fayetteville, Arkansas, where she hosts tiny deck concerts. She eventually hopes to build a tiny house community for artists and musicians on the land behind her. Asha, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks so much for having me. You're so welcome. I have always dreamed of some kind of like slightly larger house that my tiny house can kind of dock onto. And so when I saw your house, I was like, yes, somebody did it. <laughs> it's kind of perfect. Yeah, it's it's so it's two separate structures for those of you who don't know what it looks like. There's the main house, which is on a foundation, and that's 10 by 40. So it's a pretty large, tiny house. And then it's an L shape. And the other part is an 8 by 20. Um, and that's on a trailer. So there's actually two parts to the house. So and they're connected by by a big deck, right? By the porch. Yep, exactly. A huge deck. That's awesome. So were they built at the same time or was one, did you build the the kind of stationary house and then decide to kind of add on with the tiny house on wheels? So they're actually built at the same time. I worked with a designer and, you know, they, they had built t- or they had actually designed and built tons of tiny houses. And so they actually really recommended the L shape um, because when you have sort of, when it's a tiny house, there's really not a lot of privacy. Um, and 
um, with the L shape and the kind of the separate part, it gives you more privacy if you ever have more than one person or if you have a bunch of people living there or guests or whatever it is. Um, so I went with the L shape and we were originally thinking about doing um, the whole thing on a foundation, but then the idea, I'm a musician. So the idea was that I could build part of it on a trailer and like take the trailer to like around the country, you know, for music events, things like that. So um, it happened really quickly. Um, and that was, that was the original idea of it. So is that how you have been using it or has the, has your intended use kind of changed? Honestly, I've never moved the trailer. It was built in like end of 2016 and I've never moved the trailer. I'm actually too scared to move it. It has all my instruments in it. And, you know, I haven't really had a need to, to kind of travel around with it. Um, this is sort of, I'm a musician and I, I travel around a lot just in general on tour. So when I come home, this is like my home. Um, and I haven't actually needed to move it at all. And this is sort of like, I just like it sort of stationary, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I built my house on wheels and I have not moved it since I moved it from where it was built to where <laughs> I live in it. And I I do not intend to move it unless I can no longer rent the land that it's on. Um, exactly. <laughs> so is the mobile house, the house on the trailer, um, is that set up at all for people living in it at all? Or is it just kind of this music extra space? No, it's really, I mean, it has no bathroom, no plumbing. Um, it's really just an extra space. It, it functions basically as my music studio. Um, you know, just to get away, if there's other people in the house, I can come in here and practice. Um, and if I did have someone that wanted to stay over, this is kind of an extra room, but, um, but yeah, it's really not set up as, as a second house. Okay. So they would have to like camp in there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure sleeping out on that porch would be great if the weather was right. <laughs> Yeah. So another really unique feature that I loved seeing was the fact that the outside of the mobile house is actually a working amplifier. Yes. So that was a really cool feature. You know, originally I was thinking, okay, I was talking to the designer and he, he likes to do unique, unique, interesting things. And he's like, and I was thinking, well, what about if we did like a gigantic amp? And he's like, that's really cool. But I was thinking, well, that's really cheesy. I was kind of joking when I mentioned this to him. He goes, no, it's going to look super cool. And we're going to make it a functioning amp. And I was like, really? You can do that? He goes, yes, we're going to figure it out. So it basically has four marine speakers up at the top. And marine speakers are like, you know, for the boat. So it actually doesn't get affected by the weather. And so the sound actually can come out there and goes onto the porch. How's the tone on that amp? You know, it's, it's pretty good. Um, luckily, I don't have um, too many neighbors, so I don't get any complaints. Yeah, that's that's good. But it, it looks like from the videos, it looks like you're right kind of close to the corner of two two roads. I am. I'm right on a corner. Um, but there's kind of land um, across from me, just a bunch of land. Um, and then my brother owns the other house um, right across. So and he, he actually loves having the concerts there. So he doesn't mind at all. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's a perfect neighbor to have then. <laughs> yeah. So I'm curious if, if you could take me back, what led you to the tiny house movement and what was it that kind of catalyzed this and made you decide to really jump in and do it? That's a great question. So I, um, I guess sort of a lot of things started pointing that direction. Um, one of them was that I read that book by Marie Kondo called the, um, the, uh, life-changing magic of tidying. Mm-hmm. 
And I don't know if you've read that, but yeah, um, it's great. Yeah. And so that was really kind of uh, sort of changed my life. I sort of went, I had storage units in like LA, New York, Boston. Um, I was, you know, I'm, I'm a touring musician. So I live on the road, like on the bus um, in out of suitcases. And I just kind of was like, kind of felt all over the place. I really didn't feel grounded. Um, and I, I read that book and I was like, wow, that what a cool idea. So I went through all my storage units. I ended up giving about 50 trash bags worth of things away, which I didn't even think I had that much stuff. I didn't even realize. Um, and, uh, so I got rid of all that and I just felt, and the, really the things I kept were my instruments, some clothes, some books, but really not that much else. Um, so that was one thing that kind of changed my life. Um, I guess the other thing is, I mean, this kind of goes back a little further, but when I was 24, I I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And after that point, I was like, you know, before that I was like, I'm going to have houses around the world. I'm going to, you know, have so much money. And then all of a sudden after that sort of experience, I was like, wow, that is really not what's important in life. Like I really want to have like experiences. It's not all about like money and having things like that's not what's going to make me happy. So that was kind of the the longer term thing. Um, and, and also the other thing I guess is as I'm getting older, I really wanted to have sort of a place to come home to when I got, you know, get off the road. And I felt like because I'm traveling so much, I didn't really have sort of a community. So this is sort of the perfect way to, you know, have a place to come home to, to find sort of a community, um, not have like crazy, like, you know, mortgage or rent or kind of upkeep costs. Is there anything that you thought was going to be really hard about tiny house living that has been really easy and vice versa? Is there anything that you thought was going to be easy, but turned out to be hard? Well, you know, it's funny. People are always stopping by and looking at my house and taking pictures. And um, so I actually end up meeting a lot of people that way. But it's funny because people are like, what is this? And I was like, oh, it's a tiny house. And they're like, it does not look tiny. And I have to agree. It does not feel tiny. It's actually quite extravagant for me. I mean, the fact that it has two parts to the house, it has the extra trailer. I mean, it's, it's, it's quite extravagant for a tiny house. Um, you know, and when I was working with a designer, I, originally I was thinking, okay, like if I'm going to do a tiny house. I should go super tiny and try to make it as small as possible. And his advice to me was like, you know, this is not a competition. This is not how tiny you can go. It's really about, you need to figure out what you need, what you want, and like your main things you absolutely necessarily need. Um, and, um, and then go from there. And he goes, and I want a house you feel comfortable and not one that, you know, a year down the road, you're going to be like, this is way too small for me. I want a house you can actually grow into and feel really comfortable and good about. And so that was sort of the advice I went with. And so I ended up going bigger than I originally thought I was going to. Um, so I have to say, you know, going back to your question, um, I, I really haven't found anything that difficult about living in this space at all. It actually feels huge to me. Um, and, um, yeah, I'm trying to, I mean, I guess, I guess the difficult part in the beginning was, um, having to work with the city and the codes and the regulations. Um, that was really the most difficult part about kind of building a tiny house. Um, it's different for every city, as you know. Um, and, uh, I, I live in Fayetteville, Arkansas and, and before I built this house, they really didn't have any tiny houses. So they didn't, weren't sure quite what to do with it. So that was a little difficult kind of getting through all the city, um, issues. Maybe you could say a little bit more about that. What was the process like? Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> luckily I didn't have to do too much of it. My brother, um, he builds houses in the area. So he was able to sort of work the, with the city on all that stuff. I, I to be honest, I, I was so confused by it. Um, so I, I can't really go into that much detail because I don't, I don't really exactly know. Um, he'd be the one to, 
that knows about all that. I'm guessing that the the house on the foundation is permitted like any other single family house, you know, 400 square feet on a foundation. I wonder I wonder how they got the trailer in there. I'm guessing because nobody sleeps in it. It's I think that's what it was. It was yes, I think that's and I think if it had plumbing it would have been an issue, but because it doesn't, it was yeah. That is a great way to get um, around some of the the rules, if you can do some kind of ground bound structure that's permitted, you can then oftentimes have a house on wheels that isn't quite a house, but you know for your purposes it really is part of the house. Exactly right, right. Is there anything that you wish you would change or do differently in your tiny house? Um. I'm trying to think, um, you know, for me, it's, it's the most perfect house. Um, I, it wouldn't be perfect for anyone else. Um, I mean, for me, the, the big things where I want, if I'm going to live in a small space, I wanted tons of light. Um, and I wanted really high ceiling. So it didn't feel kind of closed in and claustrophobic. And so we went with these two huge garage doors on one on the amp and then one on, uh, sorry, the, the trailer and one on the actual main house with tons of windows. Um, I opted for only one loft and that goes over the bathroom rather than kitchen. Cause I wanted the kitchen to feel really open, um, kind of open floor plan type thing. Um, and so I'm so happy I went with that because people walk in and they, they think it kind of, you know, my friends will be like, oh, you live in a tiny house. They'll walk in and be like, God, this is actually big. So it, it does feel very wide open, especially with this huge porch. I think the porch I have is probably same square footage as my house. Um, that's how big it is. And that really, because the porch sort of connects the house and the trailer together, um, it kind of has this sort of seamless way of connecting the outside and inside and making it feel even bigger. Yeah, I think it's a great design element and that having that outside living space is is such a wonderful thing, especially somewhere where it's I'm guessing it's you can be outside on that porch for much of the year. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So the the mobile house has some kind of unique features for music. Do you have is is there a recording studio in in there? Um, you know, we haven't actually put the the full recording studio in, in here. Um, we have had people come and record. Um, they kind of bring their own equipment. So we've done that. It does have recycled denim. That's the insulation. Um, and, um, and this actually is where I have a lot of storage, like a um, kind of, un, uh, I don't know how to describe it, but above one wall is kind of storage really up high. And there's tons of storage in there because my, my main house actually doesn't have a lot of, oh, you know what? That is one thing I, that was a little tricky about my main house. I don't have a lot of closet space in my main house. So that's one thing I may, may have done differently. Um, but I do have tons of closet space and storage in my trailer. Ah, okay. So you've got a mobile music studio slash closet. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and to be honest, like, I mean, my kitchen is so big, like for a tiny house, it takes up a third of the main house. And, uh, and I end up keeping like t-shirts and socks and underwear and like some of the cabinets in the kitchen. That's like my closet. That's too funny. That actually, we have the exact same problem in our tiny house. We made our kitchen too big and skimped on the closet. So, oh, really? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a, I mean, I think it's a common thing that, you know, you want the, the kitchen is really the center of the home. And so you want it to be really functional and really usable. And I think it's easy for, for tiny housers to like overdo it on the kitchen. 
Yeah, I agree. The, the other thing I ended up doing that made a huge difference, um, because it's on a foundation, I could go a little bit wider because most, uh, you know, the ones that are on our trailer are usually eight foot wide. And, yeah. and my designer actually said, you know what, let's, because it's on a foundation, let's go for two extra feet. And it made such a huge difference to my house. Um, it doesn't feel kind of like I'm having to like, if I'm more than one person's in the house, we're not like kind of trying to squeeze by each other. We're really like have enough room to walk by, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's totally apparent when you, you see the video tours, you almost, I would have even thought that it was wider than 10 feet just from watching the videos, but it, it really does make a huge difference. So each of your houses has a garage door in it, correct? Correct. Yes, it does. Have, have they been working well for you? Cause you've been in there for a few years now. So, um, that's a good question. Um, I love them because they, um, first of all, just the look of them from the outside. I love how they look. Um, and then inside, I love being able to look out and kind of see people walk by and say hi to my neighbors. Um, and it really, that sort of engages me in the community, which is what I wanted in the first place. Um, and it just brings out in so much light. Um, so one thing, um, is I've, I've noticed is that, um, well, one of the, in the main house, I don't know why it's not in the trailer, but in the main house, the, in, um, air does get in. So I think it maybe wasn't sealed correctly. So I need to figure that out. Um, and to be honest, I'm in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and there's a lot of bugs here and I have not figured out the screen for these yet. So I haven't really oh. left them open. Yeah. Like when I have parties, I'll like just keep them open and people walk in and out and that's great, but I don't leave them open in general. Yeah. That, that's an interesting thought of like how you would create some kind of screen system because I agree. That would be so nice to be able to just walk in and out, but you would get probably destroyed by bugs. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So what was the total cost for the two houses, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah. Um, so my brother and I were actually trying to figure this out the other day and we we couldn't quite come up with it because we did have a lot of things donated. Um, so I think I probably ended up paying about 90,000, but I think that's on the low side. So I think probably if I were to add in all the stuff that I did get donated, it was probably about, um, oh God, I want to say maybe 140, 150. Okay. Wow. So you had a lot of stuff donated. Yeah. It was a pretty expensive, tiny house. Well, it's really, it's two houses. Yeah. Um, and people spend 90 on just a really fancy tiny house on wheels and you have you've you have something much more significant than that in my mind yeah no it is it's a lot of stuff um i i mean i think you know people at least when i was like starting to look about going tiny i was like oh my god this is going to cost me thirty thousand. this is going to be amazing and it was just whoa that's not what it costs it costs way more so i had no idea walking into this like how expensive tiny houses really are yeah it's definitely you know what you see on youtube you know, man builds $5,000 tiny house. You won't believe it. Um, those are definitely the exception, not the rule. Yeah, right. Um, but I do, the the good thing about this is that it's not like I'm going to get rid of this anytime soon. Like it really does feel like my perfect house for me. And it feels like I, I really can grow into it just like the designer, had, you know, wanted. Um, so it does feel like a longer term house for me. That's awesome. Well, from this conversation, it sounds like you had an amazing designer who really anticipated and listened to you. Yeah, he he was amazing. And, you know, it was my first house and I would call him like, 
oh my God, five times a day, just like crying, be like, oh my God, is this going to be okay? It's perfect. He goes, it is my job to build you your dream house and I'm going to. (laughs) And he was so patient. Yeah. So was the designer the same, was the the person who has designed other tiny houses? Yes. He's designed a lot of tiny houses. Yeah. His name is Brian Crabb. Okay, cool. I will, I'll link to, I'll find him and link to him on the show notes page along with all the video tours of your house and and photos too. So you mentioned um, in your bio that you eventually hope to build a tiny house community for artists and musicians. Um, Can you say more about that dream? You know, I just started looking into it. I just, I love the idea of having, Fayetteville's really, um, it's very creative. It's very creative. It's very diverse. There's tons of artists and musicians. Um, And um, I just love the idea of kind of surrounding myself with other musicians and artists. And I have, there's a lot behind me that I, I don't own yet, but I'm hoping to one day. Um, and I just kind of had this vision of like getting this grant and being able to have people come here and do residencies and, and be able to do their art in this area. Um, and so tiny envision, you know, working with Brian Crabb and, and working and each house has sort of a different theme and, and, um, having some common space for everyone to kind of come together and having art shows and kind of a little music venue. So that was like my, that's my vision longer term. That sounds awesome. And it looks like you're already doing concerts on the, on the porch. Yeah. So I have, um, kind of this tiny deck concert series. It's kind of a takeoff on the NPR's tiny desk concert series, yeah. but, um, it's, yeah, but it's kind of been my way to sort of meet musicians in the area. Cause I moved from New York city. Um, and I didn't really know anyone here except for my brother and his family. Um, so yeah, so I, I've had maybe six or seven concerts here so far on my deck. Um, and it's really just kind of free concerts and it brings the neighborhood together. And, um, it's for me to meet musicians. It's for them to kind of come to like concerts outside, um, kind of during the summer and fall. Um, and then I've had a couple music groups shoot videos here. Um, so yeah, it's been really kind of just a fun way to sort of get engaged and, um, and get to know people. That's awesome. Yeah. Tiny houses are something about them. They're just like a great conversation starter. They really are. It's it's kind of amazing. I mean, I talk to at least one person a day. Um, that is, you know, if I'm out on my porch reading or whatever, people always are stopping and talking and wanting to know more. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, people wouldn't do that in just like a normal two thousand square foot house. Like, nobody <laughs> will walk up to your house and be like, "Oh, can I like look inside? Like, do you have a composting toilet?" <gasps> That's so true. You're really right about that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious if tiny house living has changed your lifestyle in in any ways like has it has it altered has it altered the course of your life in any way? Well, I think like for me and I I assume probably for a lot of people like the more space you have the more you fill and when you have a tiny house you just have no space. So you really have to be selective about what you keep, what you you know, what you end up getting, things like that. And so what I find is that if I buy something, like let's say I buy a piece of clothing, I end up looking through my closet and be like, okay, it's time to get rid of this, you know? And so you kind of start exchanging things or, you know, sort of being very careful about what you buy because there's just not a lot of space for things. So um, it's a way to sort of not start collecting things again that you don't necessarily need. Did you have to get rid of any of your musical equipment when you moved into the tiny house? 
No, I kept all of my music stuff and it's in my, it's in my trailer, like in the closet and the storage. Yeah. I have all of that. And you know, the good thing about it is that I, you know, I basically have all my instruments on my wall so that, you know, those instruments take up a lot of space. So I was able to put them on the wall instead. Now I'm a violinist as well, but I only have one violin, but I have too many guitars. (laughs) Do you display them anywhere or no? Well, uh, yeah. So I, I have distributed them around my life a little bit. Like I've got two here with me. I keep one in the tiny house. I got, I keep one at my parents' house (laughs) Um, because like, you know, it's like, you can't get rid of them. I know they're like little babies. Exactly. They're all important in their own ways. Exactly. And even like, even the ones you don't play as much, there's something special. Like there's, there's some reason you keep them around. I totally agree. Yeah. That I would not be able to get rid of. So when you go on tour, do you have like touring stuff that you keep somewhere else or is it all just like contained in your tiny house? Um, Everything I need to have in my tiny house. And then the tour I go on, they actually um, store everyone's equipment during the year. So I don't really need anything for that. Right. I would imagine that that gear is much larger scale than than what you would need in your day to day life for playing. Exactly. Yeah. But I did get rid of all my storage units, so that's good. I just have my tiny house now. What did you have stored around the country? I'm just like trying to imagine like having storage units in multiple states. Um, I, I don't even know. It was literally stuff from when I was six years old, like artwork. Like, I mean, picture. I mean, stuff. I was like, oh my god, I didn't even know I had this stuff. Like books that I just thrown. I mean, I just I think I just kept everything. It was like my entire life. It was very strange going through all of it. Um, yeah. So a lot of it went in the trash. Do you sell plans for your tiny house or is it, is it unique only for you? Um, no, I, I don't, um, Brian Crabb has all those plans. So okay. yeah, if someone were to want them, he, they could definitely contact him. Oh, awesome. Okay. I know people ask. It's a really, it's a great design. I think that the movement is trending towards more people building on the ground rather than wheels, especially yes. as houses on the ground and tiny houses get more accepted legally it it doesn't necessarily make sense for everyone to build a mobile house absolutely and and brian crab actually has had a lot of interest after this people seeing this tiny house um and they've contacted him and they said you know we want to build one but not on the trailer so they've actually built he has very similar houses um, which i actually love and if i were to do it again i probably would do a similar design but all on foundation because i'm not going to move this um but he he did this one he has like a um he showed me a render of it the other day and it's beautiful it's like the l shape like mine but it's all on a um all on foundation and i think it's attached so which i think is really nice um because it gives it that separate room but without having like let's say i have clothes in my closet i and it's pouring out it's like i have to go kind of like you know try not to get wet to go outside yeah or like you had a guest you know it's like you don't want to have to have them go outside in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and come over to the main house so i think that's that would be if i were to do it again i would probably do an l-shaped foundation house that was you know attached nice well, one thing that I like to ask all my guests is what are two or three resources like like books or even specific people who inspired you and helped with your tiny house journey that you'd like to share with others? Um, well, I guess if you're thinking about going tiny, I don't know. Um, I mean, really, the book that helped me the most was that Marie Kondo, you know. Um, yeah. Life Changing Magic of Tiny. I mean, that was like huge for me, like a turning point. Um 
I mean, I always love those tiny house shows because I think you get such a good idea of what can work and, you know, um, and what might work for you. Like I, I really watched a lot of those episodes to see which things I liked or didn't like. Um, and, um, I mean, Brian Crabb, obviously he's, he was just amazing. Not that he like has a book or anything out, but he was just kind of amazing to talk to because he had so much experience, um, and sort of could gauge what people wanted or didn't want and was able to sort of work with me on what he knew would work for me after all of his experience. Yeah. It sounds like he was an invaluable resource. Yeah. You mentioned that it all came together really quickly. Is there a, is there a story there about like from going from idea to, to conception that, that you can tell? Well, I needed to get it done before I left on tour, which was, you know, 2016. So it was, um, October is when I was leaving on tour. Um, and then, um, my brother had a certain timeline. Everything kind of had a certain timeline. Um, and we were trying to get it done before I left on tour. So, um, and, and the other thing, oh, I wanted to mention also about the, the 90,000 that was, it, it was, probably more expensive than what it normally would have been because it was kind of a rush job. So it's probably three times more expensive than it normally maybe would have been. So that added a lot onto the price as well. Um, but yeah, so we were trying to get it done on this timeline before I left for tour. Cause I was gone, going to be on tour until like February or something. Um, so it was, yeah, kind of came together pretty quickly. How long did it take to build? <laughs> well, once they started it was about five weeks. Oh my gosh. Which is, insane yeah wow um because i'm building a house for my mom next to mine on part of the lot and it's it's not a tiny house it's 1200 square feet and it's been i mean from when we started to work on it until right now it's not even done yet it's been about eight months or something so <laughs> yeah but it's, it takes a long time normally this was pretty crazy and then my brother-in-law is the one who who built the house too with his crew okay yeah well, that's awesome. I really, I love the house. I I love how you have such a strong theme of music kind of incorporated in everything. Can I, can I mention something really quickly? So I don't know, you might want to cut this or not cut this. I wasn't sure whether you wanted me to say this or not, which is why I didn't say it. But the reason why it had to come together so quickly is for the, the TV show for Tiny House Nation. Oh, okay. Yeah. So what happened is they were on a type, and I wasn't sure if you wanted to mention this. Or why, why sure. Yeah, that's this. fine. But basically, if you want me to talk about that, I can totally talk about it. Um, you can sure, edit this yeah. out. Sure, what, yeah. What was it like being on Tiny House Nation? Well, so, oh, so um, I guess the question was why did it come together so quickly? And yeah. it was basically our production schedule. They needed to fit me in. And that was part of it. And I needed to do it before I went on tour. So sh do you want me to talk about that or not talk about that? Please, yeah. Okay. Um, so you asked about why it had to come together so early. And I was leaving on tour in October. And what happened is... Um, I had applied for tiny house nation and they had already cast most of their season. Um, and they had a very specific, um, time period where they could come and film. Um, and I think it was in like September or something. So basically we had to get, I think we had from like August, um, when we found out and we had to get it pretty much like, I think about 80% built before they showed up for filming, um, and to build the rest of the house. So we had about five weeks from the time, um, we were able to start until the time they came to film it. Um, so that was, that was why it had to come together so quickly. Did they influence the design at all or was it it was completely yours they just needed it to be ready in time 
No. So I, I, you know, talked with Zach a lot. I knew, I knew Zach before. Um, he's one of the hosts of the shows and he was actually the one who's like, um, him and, and Brian Crabb both work together and they, they basically, you know, said 10 foot is definitely like the way to go. And, um, and Zach just had a lot of ideas. He was the one who kind of was able to make it sort of this functioning amp using his magic. Um, so yeah, it was, it was really like a team effort, um, with kind of a lot of people involved. Well, I'm glad it all came together for you. And, uh, thank you so much to Asha Mevlana for being a guest on the show. Thank you so much for having me. You can find the show notes from today's episode, including lots of pictures of Asha's amazing tiny house at thetinyhouse.net slash 061. Again, that's thetinyhouse.net slash 061. Thank you so much to Asha Mavlana for being a guest on our show. Don't forget to check out Tiny House Decisions if you need help planning the systems or building of your tiny house. Tiny House Decisions is the guide that I wish I had when I built my tiny house, so that's why I wrote it for you. I'm offering 20% off for listeners of the show when you use the coupon code TINY at checkout. Head over to thetinyhouse.net slash THD to learn more. And don't forget to use the coupon code TINY at checkout for 20% off. All right, that's all for this week. I'm your host, Ethan Waldman, and I'll be back next week with another episode of the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast.